0: Hello, everyone. Now, welcome back. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast. I hope you listened into last week, which was the first part of a little mini series that we're doing within the podcast about writing the book that you were born to write. Now, I had this interview with the fabulous. Emily, who you are about to hear from and I think that this episode is so aligned with last week's episode and everything that I was talking about and she shares some amazing things. She's an incredible poet but she has so much to um, share about gifting your art to the world and sharing it to the world and really putting yourself out there and so I really wanted to put this episode on outside of or after, <laughs> outside of after um last week's episode. Just for a little bit of extra inspo. I hope that you're all having a fabulous week week writing and reading and and soaking it all up. And um, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I highly recommend that you listen in about all the steps to really getting your story out to the world. But without further ado, I will start this episode with Emily. Once again, this um podcast is brought to you by Book If you're a writer, if you're an author and you have something that you're currently sitting on and you want to share it to the world, you want to get those advanced reader copies, then make sure you check out BookSprat. It is my favourite platform to connect with readers to get those advanced reviews. And if you're a reader who loves free books, you can join up and download all the advanced copies that authors have put on BookSprat. So highly recommend them. Thank you, BookSprat, for making this podcast possible. And if you love this episode, please share a five-star review. Reach out to me. Um, leave a five-star review on anything that you are, any app that you are listening to this on. Make sure you subscribe. I have so much goodness coming up that I cannot wait to share with you. And um I think that's it. If you want to chat more about it, connect with me at Olivia Hillier, author on all socials. You can also join our podcast community um, on Facebook, and all the details are in the show notes. But without further ado, let's get into this episode. Writers' advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back to the Writer's Advice Podcast, everyone. I am very excited because today I have Emily Bridget Taylor with us. Now, I have, I don't know how I first came across you, but I have followed you on Instagram for a while and I am obsessed with everything you post and I'm obsessed Stop. Stop. with your content. <laughs> and I really wanted to dive in and have a beautiful poet on this podcast because I think poetry is in general, like one, it is like one of the most beautiful forms of writing, but I also think there's so much art behind it of how to create poetry, but also it's kind of like the catalyst for so much more as well. So like I think that any writer who's listening into this, poetry comes in to so many forms of like no matter what you're writing, if you're like a songwriter, if you're a author, if you are, um, I don't know, even like a screenwriter, I feel like poetry just creates so much inspiration and so much beauty in all forms of writing that I am so excited to dive into this with you. So thank you so much for being with us, Emily. (laughs)
1: Oh my goodness, what an amazing introduction. You sound so excited <laughs> for poetry, which is amazing. Um, thank you so much, Olivia. It's so nice to be here. Um, I'm very excited for our conversation. <laughs> Thanks.
0: So I want to take this all the way back to the start and I want to know how this started for you and how poetry came to you. When was the first time that you thought, okay, yep, yeah, I like this is a thing, this is something I want dabble to dabble in and yeah, how, how did like the whole writing process start for you?
1: Mm, Okay, great question. So in primary school, I would always enjoy writing. I always got good grades in English and my reading. I loved it. And then into high school, poetry just really crept up on me in a way that I didn't really predict it. But my mum bought me this anthology of poetry, just for a, a Christmas present. And I read these poems and like they were classic poems like Lord Byron and um, Shelley. And I just read these lines and they were so beautiful. Like I couldn't believe how they used imagery to describe these mountains and rivers. And I just wanted to go there. And then as well, there was a secondhand bookshop in my town that sold a lot of very beautiful old books. Mm. And I think that the love affair just began and I just I started to love it. And then I had that sort of, I love my parents, but that old fashioned advice of, you know, you need a real job. You need to make sure you earn your income. So I pursued a teaching degree uh, and loved it. And I'm very glad I'm a qualified teacher today. I've spent seven years in the classroom now, but I remember that to procrastinate on exam study, I would be writing poems and it was a really weird way to procrastinate. <laughs> and I, I, to this day, I I don't know who has said this. I'd love to be able to credit them. So I don't know just yet, but paying attention to what you do when you procrastinate is really powerful because often it's something like that's actually really integral to your joy because you're doing it to escape the thing you don't want to do.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that is um, so good.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I would sort of play with poems. And then in 2021... I remember like just writing for myself, but being, and this is going to sound so bad. So, oh, well, but it's the truth. The truth was I, my, my dear friend and I had a coffee and we were both saying, gosh, like Instagram is the full spectrum. There is good work out there. There is really bad work. And she was like, you know what? Like, why don't you put your poems out there? They're not going to be as bad as some of them that I've read. (laughs) That doesn't sound bad. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So I started sharing little tiles, which was terrifying, like to sort of put my words on an Instagram tile and then like put my name there. It really was scary because I felt like, gosh, people are going to think that I think I'm so great, like quoting myself, like I'm some Mm -hmm. special person. But really, it was just like me wanting to just write that I had created the poem. In my head, I was like, this looks like self-quoting, but I was like, do you know what? So many other people are doing this. I'm just going to allow it, even though it feels really uncomfortable for me. And then over time, I started to feel really buzzed by it. Like creating these designs, I use Canva because Canva is just so easy. I'm not someone that knows all the ins and outs of Adobe. I wish that would be great. <laughs> um <laughs> but I would sit on Canva and design a little poetry tile. And I realized it gave me a lot of joy. So since 2021, I've been putting up poems and a lot more than that, but that's the journey overview.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And there's so much I want to dive into that. Uh, I want to just touch on that moment of putting yourself out there, because I find this really interesting when it comes to social media as well, right? Because like you're putting yourself out there, but also in, in very different ways where like if you, it's it's almost like, okay, this is something that I do that maybe you've been doing that you haven't shared with anyone else before. And I think that mm. is actually one of the biggest leaps that a writer can take. And I I almost find like social media the more, I don't, intense isn't the right word, but it's the way to yeah, really, yeah. Put, to put yourself out there because it's like, okay, yeah, it does have your name on it. You know what I mean? And it's, oh. it is that, so, and it is your your profile which is almost like a part of you these days you know what I mean it's like how people view you and see you so personally, I love that you'd made that jump um and I want to go a full spectrum and go back but I do want to ask some advice because I'm sure that there are so many people out there listening to this right now being like oh I'm at that stage where I'm Mm. like you know and I'm not doing it do you have any advice to like really just make that jump and and start? Okay,
1: if you're a writer listening to this and you want to put a poem on Instagram, please do, because sharing your art with the world is beautiful and generous and brave, and we need your art, we need your words, and your words matter. So that's just my little pep talk for you, like I believe in you, wherever you are, go for it. Um, Look, how to get past that initial feeling of just, oh, you know, putting myself out there. I think that there's a few ways for some people they are at a stage in their journey where putting their name to something is actually too big of a step. So there are some people that get by with beginning with just a pen name and not putting their image on their profile yet. Mm -hmm. And if that's the baby step you need to take, that's absolutely okay. There are a lot of poets that write under pen names because poetry is personal. And sometimes broadcasting your personal life can feel really intimidating. So if you need to start there, that is okay. Um, for me, I think there was a combination of two things. I, I saw these poems on Instagram that I felt that I really could either write the same level or better. and It started to get under my skin. I started to get angry. I was like, how does this person have the confidence that I don't have? And it was kind of a burning feeling. I was like, Oh my gosh, like a frustration, um. And so, in the end, I was like, okay, I'm just doing it because that frustration motivated me. Um. But if you're not quite there, I think it's okay to take that baby step. Yeah. 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 And and also like, I think that a lot of the artistic life or the writerly life, so much of it is so much more than writing. It's about cultivating that self-belief. It's such an emotional journey. And I think doing the things you need to do to to develop that self-confidence is still an integral part of my own practice. Like journaling down affirmations, like I am a poet, just owning that. If you write a poem, you're a poet. I am a poet. I am a writer. My words matter. And just self-affirming in a journal That is a technique that I use, as well as um, a book that I really credit with really helping me, like just a transformative book for me was Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert.
0: (laughs) Love, love,
1: love. (laughs) I'm obsessed. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, if anyone
1: is going to do anything from this podcast, please listen to that because she has a way of helping you understand that what you have to give to the world is a gift. Yes,
0: 100%.
1: Yeah yeah so I would I would actually listen to the audiobook um, and it was like someone was actually telling me that because you know a lot of people in our lives, there's like this really skewed way of looking at the art world, I think. People will be fans once you get to Beyonce level, right?
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: when you're still in your little phase of trying to put things together, the people around us don't always get how hard that is because they're not doing it themselves. They don't understand how preciously vulnerable that is. And you might be needing the words from them that they don't even know to give. And so getting that from something like a book or um, through your journaling practice, I think is very positive. Because I think if I had told my mom at the start that I was doing Canva poems, she might have given me like, a, oh, great. But it wouldn't have been like... Emily, your words matter. I really hope you do this. You're brave. (laughs) Wouldn't have necessarily known to say that. So getting your own, um, fulfillment and, and getting that bravery from those sources and tools is a great way to begin and will pay off. Like, you're not just going to be helped to start your first Instagram post It's going to enrich your entire writing practice because Mm -hmm. I mean, writing is a constant, um, process of overcoming fear, I think.
0: Yes. Did you you find that? Oh my God. I absolutely love that you said that because also when you're writing stuff, it's, it's like a self, it's a, you know, you're one, you're uncovering so many layers of yourself where you're uncovering things that you like need to dive into. And and so it's a complete process of really completely understanding yourself. And there's always going to be, when you're going to that next layer, there's always that next layer of fear. There's always that next layer of, and like you said, even if like, even when we do reach beyond side level, there's still going to be those layers, you know what I mean? And it's like, you're mm. still that same person as when you started to when you, when you are there. And it's like constantly the onion <laughs> of yes. that and, and uncovering that and you, you're so right you have to completely own it and you, th- you think about it now too it's like there could be someone who's out there um who doesn't have a big po- following and they're putting one one poem out and you don't even realize how much that has impacted one person and if you've impacted yeah. one person you don't even know the mm-hmm. grander scale it's like um You've got me on a roll here. I absolutely love it. It's like the, I call it like the, it's like the butterfly effect. I think there's an actual physics thing. Yes. There. Or like the spider web. It's like something like you. <laughs> you're like you're you part of the spider web and it's like, it's it grows and it's beautiful. And I think it's, it is so, so important. And I think I want to like congratulate you on that too, because how you show up online, like I'm only getting to meet you now, <laughs> like through <is> a- <laughs> how you show up online, you have this, be- like you have created, and I, I was going to ask you these questions, but to me it also looks so natural. Like you have created Thank this you. very beautiful self branding and, um, and put it out there. And you not only do you put out great poetry, but you do have really good things to share with other artists as well, which I think is very important and really beautiful at the same time. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, thank you, Olivia. That really means a lot to me because there is a lot of thought that goes behind like colors through to content. I've spent a long time wrestling with that. It's not always been the easiest. So having that encouragement means a lot to me thank you no it's
0: great and how you said like I fell in love with Lord Byron and and Shelley and I'm like oh my god yes because that takes me back to that and I love it Mm -hmm. oh my goodness go and fall
1: in love with an old poet go and do yourself a favor actually my favorite like I would date him if he was alive today sorry to my boyfriend um John Keats John Keats is the most beautiful romantic poet like If anyone's going to read anything today, please read yourself some John Keats. I did a paper on his um, poem, Bright Star, and it's an ode and it's just stunning. So anyway, just a quick shout out to John Keats. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. I'm going to go and read that as soon as I hop off here. (laughs) It'll be some good inspiration. Now, I want to go back to where you started and how you said, okay, I started reading. When was that moment of like, okay, you're reading, you're falling in love with these poets, you're diving into this old school book world. When was the moment of like you wanted to try and and play around with poetry and how did that develop for you?
1: Um, Well, I think that as a child and teenager, I don't know that it was even that conscious i feel like it was putting feelings on paper really mm-hmm. and what would happen when i did sit down to put those feelings on paper is i would experience like not every single time necessarily there is that such a thing as creative block but often i would get into a flow state yeah and with most of my poems i don't really remember how they're created I just know I start with some lines and it ends somewhere. Mind you, like a lot of editing will take place after that process, but the initial thing comes somewhere out of the spiritual ether. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And I think, I think that's one of the beautiful things that comes with being a writer. Mm. We don't necessarily know Mm
0: -hmm. where
1: all of that inspiration comes from. And it's really beautiful. And I think it's really magical. So I don't think it was extremely conscious. I think in my adulthood, poets like Rupi Kaur and Langleave, who were writing micro poems and prose poems, really inspired me to break out of what I considered needed to be there in order for it to be a poem. And so seeing those examples helped me to know a poem can be a thought, it can be a line, one line. And I, especially Ruby Kaur, I think she changed the poetry world for many of us, mm. especially those one-liners. And when you know mm. that something as small as that can be a poem, it's really motivating because you don't have to sit down and write a three-page epic, like the old poets writing, like I don't even know what's one of the really old ones called. It's not Odysseus, it's something else, but like... Just like Greek mythology and, yeah. and gods, this happens. And I think it's great, but I do think that one line can unlock something for someone else. Oh. It can give it that moment, you know, of of uplift. And so my process from that point on was to realise if anything can be a poem, then I'm I'm free to really experiment here. And I think that that's the editing phase does come in because I I don't think like I walked down the road is really a, a poem because it's not it doesn't give me much it, it's sort of something that you know it doesn't give me a lot but through the editing process I can add things to that I can bring things in that bring that aha moment you know what am I walking away from and how's it set me free or something like that you know um, I hope that that helps it's kind of hard for me to like. For example, with my with my book that I'm I'm releasing this year, there it it kind of shocks me that I've produced like a hundred poems because there is almost like a feeling of memory loss around how some of them were created. I deeply remember the
0: editing process,
1: but the <laughs> initial creation <laughs>
0: process, yeah,
1: feels kind of like. Flowy, which is yeah,
0: nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I absolutely love that. And I know I, th- I think exactly what you said makes sense because it's really interesting. If someone does go and, like, study the depth of poetry, you know, I don't, like, I haven't done that, so I don't know how much we're teaching it nowadays, but I imagine that it's still in that you know, I feel like some general writing courses are like that. Of This is how it needs to be. And it's like, yes, of Mm. course you have those where you can learn and you have that in the background, but things are constantly like shifting and changing. And like you said, people, it only takes one person to be like, actually, no, it like one line can be a poem and one, and yeah. And it can change and, and everyone has the capacity to do that. And yeah, I Mm. love that. I love that so much. I love how you said that. Now I want to go into your books so (laughs) I was gonna ask you you've already given me a bit away that there's a like so you your first book was a remedy is that correct Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah so I created this short collection it's only 20 poems and um I also partnered with an illustrator her name's Claire Daly and she's also a designer and we worked together where she created the illustrations and did the typesetting and put the illustrations with the words and I wrote the poems. And it would probably more accurately be described as a zine, which I love because zines are kind of these this niche little product. But what is nice about Remedy is it's something you can just actually, I've got it on the screen, but I'm not sure if you can actually. It's kind of really coming up it. now. It's a little bit blurry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's
1: lovely because you can sit with it, you can page through and you, you would be, you would, it'd be a nice afternoon where you're drinking tea and enjoying it. And I think sometimes we are so overfed content mm. that getting away from the screen and having a moment with just something gentle and something little can be really a lovely and powerful moment of self-care. So before I, I'd like to talk about this process just a little bit, because yeah, it might ahead. encourage some of our writers. Initially, I thought, oh, look, 20 poems is not enough to create anything. I need to wait for the big book. You know, (laughs) everyone wants the big book from me. No one wants something little. And I had a mentor. Her name's Amanda Vivier. She writes beautiful journals and books. And she said, no, like, this is ready now. This can offer things to people now. It doesn't need to be more to be better. And I'm really glad that she encouraged me to do it because creating my first collection, I learned so much and it was such a joyful and fun experience. And I knew that I was a poet because I was writing poems, but creating this collection and doing a book launch and seeing people buy it, it really helped me to know that I was an author and it helped Me to know that I was an artist. It just it was this beautiful feeling. And um I learned a lot from a a small piece, like what it takes to sell books, what it takes to market it as well, which is a whole nother thing. I think I might have lost internet for a second.
0: You're right, it's it's frozen for a sake. You're right. (laughs) You're back now.
1: I was able to learn those things on my first product, which was great. So my next piece is actually Remedy, but it's the full collection. It's the big book version. I yeah. love
0: that. Yep. And I
1: think a lot of people think you can't do that. You can't do that. It has to be a new book. It has to be completely new. Or well, have you met Walt Whitman? <laughs> because Walt Whitman is considered the he's an icon of American poetry. Leaves of Grass was his his collection. He was called the Voice of America. Beautiful poet. He released and released and released Leaves of Grass. I think it was 13 times. Mm. And every time he released it, he had added more poems and revised his poems. And he put in his 13th copy or whatever number it was specifically. This needs to be considered the final version. Please disregard all others like that's funny Walt. like we're still gonna read all of them um but (laughs) but knowing that someone who is still revered in the literary tradition today did that it gave me a giant permission slip to release this again but expanded and the full collection and that was inspiring I don't think I would do it 13 times good on you Walt Whitman for doing that but it was lovely and I think that the other thing is that some people might say, oh, it's the same thing, but I recognize that it really offers two very different things. The mm-hmm. zine gives you that nice little moment. It's a, it's a small thing. It's a piece you could give to someone because it has those illustrations. Whereas the big book is like a deep dive into or oh, quite a world, actually. <laughs> the story of Remedy is very uh, close to my heart. It's an emotional journey. I wrote a lot of Remedy on my iPhone notes when I was just going through some really traumatic stuff. Like I was, I was, my relationship at the time was breaking down and it was so, it was really, really hard. It's one of the hardest times of my life. And I using those iPhone notes at night when I was trying to process Mm. was the main way that remedy was written. And I think that it was really therapeutic. It does mean that releasing it, and going back to it sometimes can be tricky because it is such an emotional vault of the past but I really wouldn't have it any other way because it's there and I'm proud of the work
0: oh my god absolutely there is so much there is so much to that and I love how you're like, you know, so many people can say anything about any art, right? Like you can have people right. say a thousand different things and I—that that is the beauty of art. Like there is no one way to doing things. And I don't mm. think that there's, I mean, I would highly doubt there's any writer of any genre, like, that or like any creative in general that's like oh yeah but I could make another version of that I could make another version of that I could make you know what I mean because we're constantly growing we're constantly evolving we're constantly seeing things from a different perspective we're constantly adding to our experiences there's so many times you can rewrite and do things and I absolutely yes. love that you can have two versions of that now or also it's a great brand building where you're like hey here's a sneak peek yeah. of me now I want to give you absolutely yeah. I, it helped me
1: build my brand
0: The the photos I took with that book really
1: helped me to figure out my own brand identity. And I mean, there are just for all the writers listening, there are just no rules when it comes to publication. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Taylor Swift. Yes. She's one of the <laughs> biggest stars in the world, if not the biggest, and good for her. Major Swifty over here. But, and I know her story is a bit different, like, you know, someone took her art, she's re- reclaiming it. But the amount of plays and the amount of buzz and excitement really indicates that people are here to support you. They want yeah. your work. They want things to listen to and get excited about. So I think it's we do ourselves a disservice when we fill our minds with all the things we can't do. Instead, let's lean into what's possible and let's lean into experimentation and to the concept that if you get it wrong, it's actually okay okay really work all right let's let's keep moving forward because this journey is not just right now it's a lifelong calling I believe mm-hmm. when you're a writer you just yep. know it internally you just know it's something you always want
0: yeah. yeah yeah absolutely and if you're growing and changing in that like the people are with you it brings the humanness to your art you know what I mean and then that, and that's what people connect to and that's what people want particularly in poetry I think so it's yes. it's amazing Yeah. Okay, Remedy. Now, I'm so excited that, I mean, I'm so excited for this new release. Can you give us us a little, like, firstly, I just, I love the word Remedy. Like, I'm just even just thinking about that right Mm. now. And can you give us a little bit of, like, okay, the journey of it and if you want to share a couple of pieces from it for us and tell us a little bit about it?
1: Absolutely. So Remedy is a four-part journey. So I'm talking, um, I'm going to be reading from my little zine But in terms of the big book coming up, I'll focus my attention on that because the big book is a culmination of that project, of that world of Remedy. So Remedy is a four-part story, and I imagine that it's a woman telling her story of falling in love, that relationship breaking down to a point of complete destruction, Mm -hmm. and then a story of how she rebuilds her life reclaims her power and finds herself again
0: oh gosh, with also a
1: nice little unexpected happy ending as well so love this we do not stay in a place of darkness with remedy it is about being hopeful like i do love to let poetry be a place where i can be sad but i also want to offer hope to others because i do believe there's always hope if we get that support and listen to ourselves and look after ourselves So, it's a four part story, and it focuses on I would say love is a central theme, love in all of its forms like that euphoria of first falling in love and just seeing someone with rose colored glasses and just being so swept up in that. And then also how love can really demand things from you and that self sacrificing love. And then the pain of losing it. And then what does it mean to really love yourself? on the other side of that loss oh, and yeah. that self care. Yeah. So for me remedy is poetry but it's also I know who I'm writing to and I mostly I mean anyone can pick up this book. Let me just clarify that. But in my mind my my reader is likely to be a woman who needs an invitation to sit down and care for themselves and believe in themselves and find find themselves on the other side of either loss or breakdown or different kinds of trauma, but anyone can pick it up. But that is who I was thinking of as I was writing. And in all of my artistic life, my mission as an artist is to dissolve shame in women. That's, that's what I really want. I want to see women empowered and happy and full of purpose. And so Remedy is one way that I want to do that. But over the course of creating things, I want to create all sorts of things that meet that purpose. And I think like, if you're trying to think about what should I be putting out on Instagram or, or creating, try and think about what it is in the world you would like to see. I think starting from that place can be so powerful. And I know Olivia, you do that with your books about um, feminine power with your paranormal romances and you have these powerful female characters. Do you sort of have that sort of mission in your life as well in your art world?
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. It's like no matter whenever a story comes to me, it's like I want the like it's just like I want a full complexity of women. And I think um, like we both grew up in the generation of Disney, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, the, the, the damsel in distress, and it's like no, Definitely. I'm not going to retell that story anymore. And so <laughs> that I'm a hundred percent with you on that page. Yes,
1: <laughs> absolutely. So yeah, Remedy, and I think that for me, when I write a book or write poems, it's not just the words, like, it's like a visual world that I also enter, which is why I do a lot of photography around all my projects, because I really, I feel as though I'm only just getting started as a poet. I really want to take it beyond words and do photos and video and other stuff, because in my mind, there's a visual world behind Remedy that I really want to communicate. And I'm trying to find ways within my budget to do that. But unfortunately, yeah. projects cost money. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. I hope I've answered your questions on Remedy. Let me know if you have more because it's hard to capture
0: the whole thing. No, so, so that is ways my honestly, brain goes. I, I think you've given so much and there's so many things in there that I know that people are listening. You literally have to go and get this book. But Ooh. Can you please share one piece with us? Because I'm I'm dying. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. Absolutely. Do you want something happy or sad or
1: somewhere in between? <laughs>
0: something that like you, I would I, just your just a little piece, whatever you want to share right now. I would absolutely love. Okay.
1: All right. I'll read. This is page six of Remedy the Zine and. This poem is all about love and how it's a force that helps us to reach out to people that need that connection, that are reaching out for help. Yeah. I have come to learn love is fully seeing someone and accepting them, choosing them regardless. No matter who you look at, if you look long enough, you're going to see flaws and they will see yours. Sometimes the flaws are gut-wrenching, 3 a.m. tears, screams of wide despair in the dark. But in the light, the answers come, and that bridge between your heart and theirs strengthens because you chose them in the dark. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
0: Oh that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for that. I love that song. Oh you're so welcome. Thank you for
1: inviting me to share some poems. It's really lovely.
0: Oh my god, I am obsessed. I there is I cannot I'm, I personally can't wait to sit back and listen to this because you have shared so much goodness where like I need to get you back on because we're about to run out of time and I'm just like oh my god there's so much more deeper stuff Let's that I let
1: will do part it we'll do part two and talk a bit about like branding and and social media because that would be fun
0: oh I'd my god I would actually that. really really love to do that 100 we will we will definitely do that now can you give us um the listeners one where they can find you I know you give out beautiful love notes so everyone needs to jump on Ooh. that as well and do you have yes. a release date for the new book as well Okay.
1: Um, I would like to release in November, but I will be updating everyone on that via Love Notes primarily. Yep. So if you'd like to stay in touch with me, go to www.emilybridgettaylor.com forward slash, I think it's join or it's Love Notes. It's one of the two, but we'll link it. <laughs> but Love Notes is my email list and it's where I like to share my Uh, essays I write essays and I also like to share what I'm up to because it just feels a bit more personal sometimes than Instagram so Love Notes is a great place other than that hop over to my Instagram at Emily Bridget Taylor I love to have conversations with people there I share poems but I also share creative living advice and other little pieces of encouragement for storytellers and writers so that would be the space I'd love to see what you do as well I'm trying to think if there's anything else. No, my website and Instagram are my main places. I've dabbled in TikTok. I've got Taylor Swift poems on TikTok. It's the same Instagram handle. Uh, so you're welcome to have a look, but I'm mainly on Instagram.
0: I love that. I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you have shared today, Emily. And um, yes, there's, there's so much more we need to chat about. So I'm very excited for a part two of this as well. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you.